Hello, HR professionals. Good news. This episode of the Cool Leaf podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. Stay tuned to access your certification code. Welcome to The Great Retention, a show spotlighting executive leaders who are building award-winning cultures where people feel empowered, seen, and recognized. I'm your host, John Duesberg, and I co-founded my own company and this podcast with the simple idea that life is short, so why not love the people with whom you work? We have a passion for helping people-first leaders like you connect individuals and teams inside of your organization to create stronger workplace communities and cultures. So whether you're leading a small business or a large enterprise, fully distributed or in the office, welcome to our community here at The Great Retention. Businesses are often looking for ways to increase revenue while keeping costs low. For many companies, payroll can make up 30% or more of gross revenue. So how can making a big investment in exceptional individuals drive sustainable growth for a company? In today's episode, I sit down with Mike Keating, CEO of Norhart, to talk about that and more. Norhart is revolutionizing the construction industry and tackling America's affordability crisis head on while building a better way for people to live. Mike shares his personal experiences, including leading Norhart after the passing of his beloved father, how hiring exceptional people has fueled Norhart's growth, and insights into handling changes within your organization. Tune in to discover the strategies for fostering business growth through investment in top talent. Welcome to another episode of The Great Retention. Mike, so excited for you to be joining us, CEO of Nurhart. So thank you for being us with us here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, like we were we were chatting, you know, our show is, you know, really our goal is to, is to really just learn from leaders who, you know, first person, your experiences so that, you know, we can help other leaders uh, just elevate their employee experience and how they're going to be successful you know, in their business, but um, let's, let's start off this way. If you can just give our audience a little bit of context, uh, tell us a little bit about Norhart, about the organization, the industry, you know, the size of organization, just a little bit more in terms of, you know, what you're leading today. Um, That'll be how we'll kick off. Yeah. So at a high level, we design build and rent apartments. So we're about a 250 person company today, about a $200 million valuation. But really, we're focused on driving down the cost of construction. We've already achieved about a 20 to 30% reduction. We believe we could achieve a 50% reduction. But imagine what that means. It means someday your rent could be half. Your mortgage payment could be half. That's the kind of impact we hope to make in the long term by ultimately solving America's housing affordability crisis. Love that. I love that. Um, it's it's hard for me to even, I mean, talk about, you know, going after big problems. Yeah. Right? I mean, affordability in the housing, that is a big problem, you know, this really around the world, but this country faces. So um, love going after big problems. So, so talk to us a little bit about the story of, you know, how how you how you entered this, uh, you know, going after this problem one, but but you know, I know that there's there's a, a personal side here uh, for mm-hmm. you, and and it, that had a big influence on just how you approach the industry, 
right? And and some of the ways that you've, I guess, moved beyond some of the the old ways that the industry was the operations and and how you how you started, you know, doing some innovative things in this space. But love to hear a little bit more about that story. Yeah. Yeah, you, you mentioned how it's a really big, ambitious goal. And the way I think about it is life is so short. I don't want to waste my life doing something that isn't impactful. I want to make some kind of meaningful impact on the world. Um, you know, I got into this because it was a family business originally. My parents started the business. We were building very small buildings at the time, uh, like eight units at a, at a time. And I remember family outings was us hopping in the car, driving about a half an hour to the local hardware store, filling up full of supplies. Man, my dad's trailer was just full of stuff. We drive on back. And I remember growing up, like every summer, we work on these little buildings, just build them up, build them up, build them up. And during the winters, I'd go off to school. But at some point, I went off to college. And when I did, I the one thing I knew is that I had wanted nothing to do with the family business. So I went to school for computer science, mathematics, management, was in VR, uh, finance, and a few other things. But after graduating, my dad really wanted me to join the business. I struggled with that. I think the reason I struggled with it is that I didn't want people to think it was given to me. Mm. I really wrestled with my own ego. But what I learned about myself is that I, I wanted to make some kind of meaningful impact on the world. I, I didn't know what it was at the time, but eventually I filtered that through to understand that I could have an impact in the world of housing. And why not take this opportunity with my parents' small business as a starting point to grow even further and make a greater impact in life? So I worked past my own ego, joined the family business. And within a few years after joining, my dad unexpectedly passed away. Mm. And that was a really tough moment of my life. But looking back, there was sort of a, a magic to it in that I didn't know what I was doing, right? I didn't know the way things were supposed to be done. I could just start questioning everything. There was nobody to tell me no. And this was sort of the start of trying to change an industry that has sort of been stuck in its ways for the past 60 or more years. In fact, if you look at manufacturing, they've improved labor productivity by 760% for the past 60 years. Uh, agriculture has improved by 1500%. During that same time period, construction's done nothing. Wow. And so we are here, with this opportunity to try to change the industry. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's powerful, Mike. So, you know, um, so first, just to to unpack that a bit. So, yeah. you know, sounds like trying to initially go as far as away from the family business as possible. <laughs> yeah. um, but then, then, then coming, coming back, but saying, Hey, wait a minute, I can actually have a really big impact, you know, in a meaningful way through, 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 through real estate, through, through the mm -hmm. business here and deciding, okay, this is how I'm going to be able to make this big impact that it sounded like was on your heart. Um, and then, oh my gosh, like big personal loss, right? Unexpected yeah. loss of your father. Um, that that's uh, man, uh, that that that's that's really heavy. But to use your word, something magical came from it, which you were able to question everything. Yeah, 
everything you did from the operations, right? And then that led to new ways to to go about construction with the goal of reducing that cost of housing in half. Like that's that's so so I mean, just talk about like being able to work through adversity to to find innovation. Wow, that mm. that's really powerful. Um, so I love that story. It's making me think about these things that I encounter as a as a leader that seem like, you know, gosh, the world's crashing down. We lost our biggest customer. We didn't get the round of funding, but it actually is a driver for what's next, right? If you use it that way, right? Oh, so absolutely. I love I love that story. Um, you know, kind of along these lines, you know, you'd shared with me uh, so, so, so I'm going to stereotype for a second. I think yeah. of construction. I think of perhaps like, you know, unskilled labor. I'm just trying to like fill up my truck with folks who can help, you know, you know, muscle through what, but, but what you've shared with me is that you actually take a different approach. You actually go after the most talented people you can possibly find, right? The most skilled, the most ambitious people who are buying into this big goal, this big problem you're trying to solve in this country. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, your uh, philosophy when it comes to hiring, when it comes to, you know, building this culture at Norhart. So talk to us a little bit about how you approach that. Yeah, you know, the number one most important lesson I've ever learned in business is to hire the very best. And when I say very best, I truly mean that. I mean like world-class kinds of people. We fly people in from other states to work during the week and fly them home on the weekend. Wow. One of our uh, employees, in fact, uh, in 2007, Steve Jobs announces the iPhone. He walks off stage and following that presentation is one of our employees up on that same stage on that iconic announcement. It's that kind of caliber of people that we look to attract. And, and the challenge with that is a lot of people think is that it's expensive. And of course, on a per person basis, that is true. It is expensive to hire these people. But what most people fail to understand is that the best people outperform the average by two to five to 10 times as much. And so when you look at it as a cost per unit produced, the best people are actually inexpensive. So for those who think that they can't afford to hire the best, my response is, is you can't afford not to. In fact, there was a point in my life where that transition occurred. And at that point, we went from growing in size about 10 or 15% per year nearly doubling in size every single year. It was game-changing, and it changed wow. the culture. It changed everything we were doing. Wow. Wow. I, I, I mean, that talk about flipping, you know, everything on its head. Hey, I, I'm thinking I have, I'm, I'm tightening budgets. I can't afford, you know, that, that very talented person. But you're saying, no, you can't afford not to hire that talented person. Um, that's that's powerful, right? Um, when you look at the per unit cost, because they're able to produce that much more. Um, so, so you know, challenging the the status quo in terms of thinking about hiring in general. Um, so, so thank you for sharing this, Mike. So, 
so talk to us a little bit about your hiring process. Like, how do you, how do you know that you are finding that exceptional talented person, you know, that's going to be the right fit, you know, talk to us a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, it's incredibly challenging. We don't even always get it right. The first thing we noticed is that in our industry, and I'm sure many other industries right now, construction is very hard to hire anyone, let alone the best people. And so we were faced with the same problem everyone else is, and we took a bit of a different approach. We were about a hundred person company at the time we did this. We ended up hiring 14 recruiters on staff. Wow. 14. And that, that made it much easier to find the right people because what we found is that the best people don't apply on job boards, right? They're just not looking for work. They don't need work because they're already working somewhere. Yeah. And so we ended up hiring this large group of recruiters who then map out the entire market, get a sense of who the best players are, where they're working, and work to build relationships with them over time so that when we do have a position we need to fill, we know who we can pull who's best in that marketplace. So that's one of the key things first. Uh, that's one of my favorite strategies, at least. But even with that, uh, for most of the positions we hire for, not all, but most, we only hire on a trial period basis, which is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. uh, they come in for two weeks, and then the two weeks, it is the coworkers that make the, the decision. Because for us, we're looking at values first, and then we look at, are you fighting to be best in the world? And then lastly, we look at skills, but we look at those other two things more critically. And your coworkers come together and they make the determination. Are you the kind of person that we want to hang out with? Are you the kind of person we want to come work with every day? Are you going to add to this team or are you going to take away from this team? And that one uh, stopping block has been really helpful for us to weed a lot of bad people out. I mean, we're very extensive in the earlier stages, but even more so after the fact. And then even with all that in place, still not perfect. And I've, yeah. I've seen what amazing teams look like. So I'm a little relentless on this. And that is that we have, uh, we stole this from Netflix, but it's called the keeper test. The basic idea is managers, we want all of our managers asking if a particular employee were to quit, how hard would we fight to keep them? If the answer is we'd fight tooth and nail to keep that person, then awesome. They're the right person. If it's anything short of that, if it just a little bit of hemming and hawing, they're not the right person. You know, most companies look at it and say, hey, we know we don't want the bad people. Most companies know that they want the best people. But what we're different than most companies is we don't want to take on the average. There's many great places for them to work. And we're 100% supportive of that. It's just yeah. not us, right? We want to be the SpaceX or we, we want to be the... Um, the Apple, that we want to be the, the innovators. And to yeah. do that effectively, we need a group of the best, most amazing people. And again, that doesn't have to mean that they're the most experienced, but it does mean they have to be on a journey fighting to be the best in the world at what they do. Wow. I've got so many questions. Uh, so <laughs> so this is, this is great, great stuff here, Mike. So um, so, so, so a couple things. So, and I'm going to get a little tactical here for, yeah. for a minute. This is where my operation side of my brain goes. So, so the trial period, right? So you're, yes. you're bringing folks. So I love the idea that the team is actually making a determination based on values. Are they best in the world skill? 
you know, should they, should they stay? Right. And so you yeah. actually have owner, a sense of ownership buy-in from the team that they're involved in who's joining. Cause they don't want to have someone taking their, you know, their, them down, you know, a notch, right. They want them to elevate, but when you, when you're bringing, you know, someone in, do they know they're coming into a trial? Are they okay oh, leaving yeah. their job knowing that it may not happen? Or is that just because, Hey, if, if you don't, you know, the, the right person would do that anyway, because of the confidence in terms of, you know, what they're bringing or t- talk to us a little bit about that. Is that, is that unusual? You know, when you tell someone, Hey, you're coming in as a trial, but you got to leave your job to do that. Do you mind sharing yeah. a little bit more on that? Uh, absolutely. We are very upfront with it. Uh, and not every position we require. There's certain positions, right. especially the highest level that that just doesn't work. And so we do other steps to try to mitigate the concern of hiring the wrong person. Um, Each person's a little bit different. We kind of work with them where they're at. So I was talking to one person who's starting today who uh, she's like, I so want to work here. What I'm going to do for the next two weeks is I'm going to work both jobs full time for two weeks. The schedule works in a way that they can kind of do that. Okay. Wow. That's, that's dedication. Um, other people, if they are in a full-time job and they can take a few days of vacation, we might lower that down just to kind of meet them where they're at. Got it. Um, I don't know. We've had people that like, dude, just the opportunity of working with you guys, I, I want to quit my job because it's I, where I'm at is toxic. And if I yeah. have a shot of working for you guys, I want to quit and I can work for you. And if I have to find another job, I have to find another job. Um, Got it kind it. of depends on the person. So it can you're going to you're going to kind of meet them where they are in their, yeah. their situations. But I think the the premise is the same, which is, you know, Hey, the team is going to, you know, is going to make a determination. Is this, is this the right fit, you know, overall? And, and I think that, you know, in some sense, like, you know, that it's, it's, it's helpful also to the the person coming in because they, I know for me, I would want to be, you know, I would want to know that I'm part of a team and they, you know, they, they, I'm, I'm going to be helping to elevate, you know, them and they, they see it just like I do. Um, and one of the um, most powerful moments is at the end of the two week trial period, if they get accepted on, everyone yeah. comes together, the whole team, and they go around the circle one by one and each one shares with them why they chose them to be on the team. That's cool. And it's such That's a cool. powerful moment of like team cohesion. Yeah. And I like it. I like it. So the, the, the other thing that I wanted to, I wanted to lean into a little bit further too, is the keeper test. Yeah. Right. And so, gosh, I'm just thinking, you know, you know, that, that it, it, it kind of cuts through the noise, right. It's like, cause you know, there's an emotional side to things, right. Like, Hey, I want, you know, I, I may know, I may like this person. I may, you know, that, Hey, I know they're, they have a family, all, all of these, you know, so all those things factor in, but if you asked me as a leader, you know, how hard would you fight, you know, if, if they were leaving, you know, you, it, it kind of makes it more of an objective, you know, uh, response there. Right. And so, so, so it's interesting. So talk to us a little bit about how you apply this. Is this like, you know, once a month, once a quarter, like how, how do you, how do you apply the, the keeper test? <clears throat> yeah. So it's largely continuous, although there are points throughout the year that I might push on it harder than others. Okay. Um, it, it is, it's tough. And the reality is there's so many times that you have someone in a role that you're like, yeah, they're, they're good. They're trying hard, but it's, it's just not clicking. It just doesn't feel right. Like 
I'm always kind of have to to baby them along in certain parts of this. So other parts are kind of falling by the wayside. And I, I just go back to the team. I said, I've had so much experience with this now that, yeah, I can list off like 30 people. <laughs> okay. Are they up to the level of any of our other top people in the company? Like mm. imagine, remember back when we hired, say it's Joe, we hired Joe on. He's amazing today, but remember how we used to have Sam and we were hemming and hawing? Aren't you so much better that we made the cut and now Joe's here? Oh yeah, that's right. Right? Like we know what amazing teams look like. It is, yeah. it is so different than the hemming and hawing. It's a hell yeah, they're amazing. They make the world, they're changing the world. That kind of level of people, that kind of level of team. Once you have it, it's just intoxicating and you can't help but want to push forward. Yeah, but I think the not, biggest challenge is is in the execution of it. So part of it, what we do is we support people really well on the way out. And our goal, our goal is to have it such that when the person leaves, that they're actually happier with our organization than when they were with us. And wow. how you do that is a lot of times people are in a, a role here that they're not really driven to become the best. They're they're solidly average. They'd be great in most of the other company, but if you can hide, help them find a position where they feel fulfilled, they, they're living the life they want to live and they're doing good work in the space that can do it, then they're happier, right? So yeah. we often um, will give a pretty generous severance. We'll help them find a job. And in some cases, we'll actually give them months of notice that they'll be like, go to give them some time to find that opportunity. So they don't have to use their severance. They get the severance as a bonus on top of it all. Um, and a lot of times those employees will come back and actually thank us for letting them go because now they're in a better spot. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that is, uh, love, love the, the, the lessons learned, the wisdom here. I know that I know I, you know, so I speak to a lot of leaders and it's one of these things I feel like it's some level you kind of know, right. Yeah. You, you're kind of wrestling like at night, you know, you're, oh gosh. And then you kind of talk yourself in one way or the other, but if you're doing that you you said you 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 use the term hemming and hawing mm -hmm. but if you are doing that it means that it probably it, it tells you something right there that that yes. is in that that person's in that situation right and so um instead of trying to justify it you know you you do know and i, I know i know that and i think most people most leaders once that decision is made wow it's like a, a weight lifted off the shoulders right and and then you say why didn't i do this 3 months ago <laughs> Right. Why did I, and because you're doing a disservice to that, that person and for the company, you know, by dragging that out. So, um, so, and, and I liked what you said about there may be different seasons when you press harder on it than others. Um, but, but that is the mindset, right. Is to ask that question and have an objective answer, right. In terms of, um, you know, we know what top performance looks like, right. And what yeah. those top people are, and, and that is infectious, you know, that that's what we want. So, so if you're that. questioning it, like, I don't know if I've ever had an experience where I was questioning someone and then eventually turned around and, and they were good. It's, it's, if you're questioning it, that already tells you what your answer is. And I think that's where people get stuck. Like, I'm not hundred percent sure this is a huge decision, painful to find somebody new. They're better than no one. I promise you it's worth the pain to get through that and finding the right people. Yeah. Yeah, really, really powerful advice here, Mike. Um, so, you know, so thank you so much for, you know, for just sharing your insights, right? So sharing your 
journey from, in your words, not knowing anything to questioning everything to, to coming up with a new model with the goal of, of solving a big problem in this country, which is reducing the cost of housing. Um, one of the things that we always like to do is we wrap up uh, in any show with, with any leader is, um, is to make it practical. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for our audience leaders today, and, and you've already shared a lot of, a lot of, you know, good, good pieces of knowledge here, but is there a particular takeaway, a, a piece of advice that, you know, leaders can use and, uh, and apply to their, to their teams that you, you can leave us with? So we've talked a lot about hiring the best people. And that's one of the, that's the number one, most important pieces of advice I can recommend as a secondary one, just to give you another little tidbit that is to take action in this regard, you know, most times as we grow older, we start thinking that we need to be good in order to do something, right? If I can't do this well, that's that's a problem. But the reality is anytime we start something new, we're terrible, right? When we're born, we can't walk, we can't talk, we can't do basic arithmetic, we can't read. Like it's 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 that's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But that's but as we get older, we get sort of closed off to it. We get nervous about taking those steps. And so my encouragement is to get very comfortable in being bad because that's the first step to becoming amazing. So if you're thinking about trying something new, pushing the envelope, pushing the world around you, take action, learn and grow from that. Okay. The default is taking action, even when it's uncomfortable and and we, we can fail, right? And yeah. uh, that's where those learnings probably come from even more. I would say, well, uh, this has been, uh, this has been so valuable, Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the great retention and just sharing about your, you know, your experience, your knowledge. So we appreciate you and we're rooting, uh, for you and your team, uh, to, you know, to make, have a big impact in, in the, in the industry and the housing market. So, but thank you again for joining us on the great retention today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That wraps up another edition of the great retention. Thank you for joining us and being a leader who genuinely cares about recognizing and empowering the everyday hero and the team members around you. We are proud to support your leadership journey and grateful for your support of this podcast. If you haven't already, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. This helps us get this content in front of more aspiring people first business leaders. If you'd like more perspectives on how to create exceptional cultures around award-winning talent, Go to coolleaf.com and sign up for our newsletter to get them straight into your inbox two times per month. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening. Now go be people first leaders by celebrating and connecting your people today. HR professionals, thanks for listening. As promised, this episode of the Cool Leaf podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. To claim your SHRM credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash SHRM. To claim your HRCI credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI. Complete the three-question form to receive your certification code. That's coolleaf.com slash podcast 
slash SHRM and coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI.